Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast where an epic adventure can become an epic obligation. I'm John Williams. And I'm Ben Robinson. Across mountains of cartridges and rivers of sprites comes the tale of one dynasty's fall and an upstart that rose to take their throne. We're talking video games. The sixth generation. Hey, Ben, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. We're doing another episode on video games. I, like, I, I always expected it to be kind of an epic journey, but uh, like I, we were originally talking about, like, let's do this one and this one and this one together, and then we start looking at it, like, there's no. We're not, we're not going to get all the way through two generations in one go around this time. Yeah, I think when I was originally uh, thinking about this before we, before we took this, uh, this quest on, I think I saw it as like four episodes and I was like, well, we can stretch it to a fifth if we have to, but I don't know. That's kind of long. And uh, here we are. We are on the fifth one and we've got two more planned. Uh, yeah. And, but and even at that point, we wouldn't really have touched on like mobile and or PC gaming, like handheld phone PC. I don't know if I have a whole lot to say about mobile phone gaming other than barf. <laughs> but uh, I got worms on my phone now, but. My my ninja roping skills do not transfer to uh, to the phone. So yeah, so there's at least two, if not a third, kind of cleanup episode. Yeah, we'll probably hit our Game Boys and our Game Gears and our uh, our mobiles, like you said. You you can gab about some PC stuff that I know zero about. PC Master Race. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so as we could tell uh, by by our wonderful intro there, I think I'm slowly turning into the curmudgeon of us too. It's not that I don't enjoy it, but my goodness, this is quite the undertaking. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, we got to get back to it. We got to get this thing done. And eventually we're going to have to hit like Star Wars. We're not going to do that in one episode either. I don't imagine. (laughs) Well, yeah, we've got the wars. We've got the Trek. We've got RoboCop we need to do. Got Goonies. Yeah. yeah, Goonies is going to be in the theater soon for uh, limited engagement. So. You have to go check that out. Studio Movie Grill in Rockland. That's where we're going to be seeing it. So if we've got any locals and you want to come out and see it with us, hell, I'll bring my recorder with me if you want to. If you want to get on the podcast, we'll uh, we'll talk to you for a little bit. They're putting it out for five bucks. Like I'm not going to pass up going to see Goonies in the theater for five bucks. It sounds great. Yeah, and it's at the Studio Movie Grill where you can get some food and drinks. Yeah, where I'll have to pee halfway through, but we'll try <laughs> very hard not to. And you know, we've we've seen that movie a few times, or at least I have. Yeah, I could probably pick an opportune moment to slip out. It won't be like Spider-Man where I had to slip out right at the beginning of the dang fight because my kid had to go to the bathroom. You saw Spider-Man this week, huh? Yeah, it was great. Yeah. I loved it. What'd you think? I thought it was fantastic. I I was a little bummed that it was as much of an Iron Man sequel as it was, but I still really, really, really enjoyed that movie. It was very pleasurable. It has one of the best comic book movie sequences that I've ever seen in any movie ever. You know, a lot of these movies, even though it's the fantastical, they still they still ground it in some sort of scientific reality. So to see something that's a bit more a bit more fantasy and a bit more out there and wild was really, really cool. Those who have seen it know exactly what I'm talking about. And those of you who haven't seen it, I'm very sensitive to spoilers. So don't worry. It's uh, it's not doing anything to you. I've really come to like Tom Holland as Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Yeah. And he does a great job. Uh, Mysterio was always one of my favorite Spider-Man villains. Uh-huh. And I thought they treated him well. 
very respectfully. I liked it. I like what they did. So yes, I enjoyed it quite a lot. It was very, uh, it, it, Spider-Man kind of came into his own really well. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there was a lot of Tony Stark around, but yeah. I, I didn't mind that too much. It was, it is the capstone on the, the current MCU. So it makes sense that uh, people would be pretty gaga about old save the world Tony. I'm looking forward to the third one where it is just a straight up Spider-Man movie. Where it's, you know, at least a month later where everyone's forgotten and doesn't give a shit anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, Ben, I am uh, counting on you, my steadfast stalwart companion here, to shepherd us through this uh, through this journey, this leg of our journey. I, I saw your notes, man. You did some extensive research, and I'm going to join in with you here. But why don't you tell us what we got up first? All right, yeah, I didn't uh, like I didn't do a huge amount, and like I kind of looked up some of the basics. But I mean, this is a this is one of the sections of console gaming that I am I'm pretty damn familiar with. Uh, I think we were in our early 20s, yeah, when all this was going on. Um, maybe just prior to 20s when, when it came out. But I mean, this was our we just got out of high school and. Uh, we're kind of going to college and definitely doing a lot of hanging out, video gaming, and uh, associated activities. Well, yeah. So what, what's the first system we have up? So the, the first guy, the, 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 yet again, as uh, should be no surprise to anyone that's been following this, the first to the table with uh, some kick-ass hardware that uh, probably didn't get what was due is, uh, is our good buddy Sega. Yep, a familiar story. The Sega Dreamcast came out in uh, September of 1999 in the U.S. Yeah. And, uh, man, it was interesting. I, I never had one. I understand you owned one. Like every other Sega system that came out, I got this. I got it right when it came out. It was my birthday, um, our senior year in high school. And I remember going to Costco and my parents were generous enough to go half and half with me on it. Um, and I remember having a birthday party where uh, where a bunch of people came over and played video games. And apparently I was really mean to my girlfriend at the time because my parents won't let me forget that. They just said I was I was a total dickhead. They didn't use the word dickhead, but that was pretty much it. I was just being a shit to her the whole time. You? I don't believe it. <laughs> hey, take it easy. I'm, I'm... Were you really being mean to her, or were you just being like more sarcastic than your parents were comfortable with? I think that's what it was. Yeah. They're like, yeah. oh, this sweet, cute little girl. Why, why are you Why are you treating her so bad? What they don't know is that when, when they went out to go get more snacks or whatever it was, like everybody else was able to play the Dreamcast. We went up to our room and fooled around. It was great. Or my room. You didn't go up to your parents' room and fool around? No. I don't <laughs> think I've ever done that. It's probably for the better. I think I fooled, <laughs> I, I fooled around in your parents' bed, but not my, not my parents' bed. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, they don't listen to this, right? <laughs> Your mom might. I think, I think she's my a mom subscriber. does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's what you get when you have a young, irresponsible John house sitting. <laughs> uh. um, but yeah, they uh, unfortunately, um, like they came out with a console. It had great hardware. It had built-in online connectivity. It was uh, technically like on paper, better hardware than the PS2 that would follow shortly. Mm-hmm. It was uh, fucking weird looking, I guess. It oh, had a geez, really yes. weird looking controller that did not look comfortable and was not really that comfortable with like a weird like Tomodachi looking memory unit thing that you stuck in it. Yeah, it was called a VMU, a, yeah. a visual memory unit. And you you could actually play a little like what was that tamagotchi like like a little thing you could get these chows from uh sonic adventure and you could yeah. feed them and play with them and stuff which at that time that was a pretty big fad i guess it but, was 
I don't know. I always thought it was a little silly. We were a little old for that. But yet again, uh, just the timing didn't work out for Sega. They launched, and within like two months, Sony <sighs> announced the PS2 and, you know, made it sound really awesome and super cool. And so there was a lot of people that were like, mm, I think I'll wait until the PS2 comes out and then I'll spend my money on whichever one I think is better. What I remember most and what I've always hated the PS2 for was that it had the DVD player. You hated that? Because it killed Sega. Okay. I took it personally. <laughs> okay, I was going to say, because I think, I think that was uh, something a lot of people liked quite a lot. That was the best thing they ever did. And like, I'm so convinced that if the Dreamcast had a DVD player, it would have thrived. Because, I mean, like, like you said, that system was fucking powerful, man. Sonic Adventure came out, and I had never seen anything like that in my life. Like, it was 3D. It was smooth. It ran so fast, which was sonic's whole thing back then you know like we had the chunky mario and the the donkey kong stuff from the 64 but this sonic game was so just bright and expansive and moved yeah well and if the fifth generation was the awkward teenage phase for 3d gaming uh it really kind of came of age and they kind of figured it out in in the sixth generation here yeah and started getting it right. Like the graphics were good enough to see stuff. They kind of figured out, oh, camera placement is important. Mm-hmm. And uh, really started getting it right on a fairly regular basis. But like the Dreamcast did, and not only did not have a DVD player, like it, it, it was the, all the games were on CD-ROM still. Yeah. So they, I mean, I think they could hold like a 1.5 gigabyte max. Maybe not even that. It might've been less than a gigabyte. Like I know like most normal CDs back when we were burning more like 600 and something megabytes. Oh, jeez. So that's like, so weird. Yeah, you're just limited to the amount of those awesome graphics you could pack into a single game without having to use multiple discs. Oh, yeah. I, you know, we, we didn't even touch on that with, uh, with PlayStation about how, you know, certain games like the Final Fantasies were like three or four discs. Oh, yeah. That's really weird. Well, and, and the expansion of that size... I think is kind of what started leading into more open world games it was stuff like final fantasy. It had to be semi linear for you to have a game broken up on multiple discs, unless you want to be swapping discs all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, can you imagine a game like uh, GTA in, in any of the GTA franchises where it's just a big, huge open world or any of the open sandbox games we have these days where you had to switch discs all the fucking time. Yeah. Like if there was a disc for each different Island, cause it, at least in the old ones, like it would have to, you'd have a loading screen before you got to a different one. Yeah. Yeah. If you had to like actually go switch a disc out for that, it'd be a huge pain in the ass Ew. and wait for it to load. Yeah. It would have been gross. And so, uh, Yes, Sega kind of missed the boat with the CD there instead of going DVD. I didn't even think about that, about games being on DVD-ROMs and, and having uh, having more space. Oh, yeah, that was the big thing. I, I, th I think it jumped up to like up to like eight and a half gigabytes. I mean, it was a phenomenal amount of oh, extra shit. space on a DVD. Well, no wonder, you know, some of my some of my favorite gems that I can remember from Dreamcast are relatively small. Like you, I mean, you had your Sonic Adventure games uh, and then there was like uh, Hydro Thunder. Yeah, I had that one. Like that was a great arcade port, but not a very big game. We had we had our Worms games that we played. Yeah, those didn't take up a lot of disc real estate. Yeah, we played a lot of the two D Worms. Like going back to junior high with the first one. I remember that was the first place I ever experienced it. But that game was fucking awesome. It, the multiplayer was great. Um, all the different all the different weapons. You got your super sheeps and your holy hand grenades and your donkeys. And you know, I I, I owned the game, so I so I uh, got a lot more practice than everyone else, especially with that ninja rope we talked about earlier i could do some magical things well yeah and it was just a good fun competitive strategy 
local multiplayer game. Yeah, yeah, because the Dreamcast had the the four controller ports. It did have four controller ports, which was awesome. In fact, I think the only console of this generation that didn't was the fucking PS2. Dickheads, yeah, you still had to get a multi-tap yeah. for that. I'm like, come on, guys. This was the this was the golden age of local multiplayer because online hadn't completely taken over yet. Yeah. Like it was just budding. Yeah, they had like Fantasy Star online yeah. that I never played. So like obviously. all your multiplayer games were meant to be played in the same room with your friends or potentially like with a LAN hookup. Yeah. Where you'd hook it all up, but you'd still have to be in one place to do it. Well, yeah, because it it had like a it had Microsoft hardware in there, right? Like it, so so it was a uh, it was kind of computery in its interface. Yeah, I think yeah, Microsoft I think did help them develop some of the the hardware for it. I believe. Yeah, I feel like like an early version of the system was called like the Katana or like the Dolphin or something. Maybe both. I think Dolphin was a Nintendo code name. Maybe was it? Okay. I don't know. But yeah, they they only sold nine point one three million units. Barf. Even though it was priced at you know. 199 which was like a hundred dollars cheaper than the ps2 oh no wonder no wonder i was able to afford half of that i was thinking about that i was like how how hard was i actually working that i was just able to blow a couple hundred bucks on a machine so okay a hundred that makes more sense yeah and then a, a year after it came out uh the ps2 came stampeding into the scene and uh sega just couldn't cope nope. and uh they discontinued the dreamcast in 2001 wah, wah, it was only wah. out for a measly two years and then uh they closed up their console shop and just went back to good old game making yeah they discontinued my my dreams and my my faith in them so the playstation 2 yeah we we've played a couple games on that haven't we oh man i i going through this i was realizing how vast the fucking ps2 was as a system i mean it is uh almost unparalleled i think still i think it is still the highest selling almost longest lived if you don't count the weird zombie afterlife of the master system in brazil yep. <laughs> and uh, with one of the most impressive game libraries of any console ever yeah how many games did they have didn't you bring this up oh no you brought up playstation one's library yeah playstation one was impressive it had like i think it was like 1200 games somewhere mm-hmm. around 1200 games which was huge because most consoles before that had like in the six 700 uh, i think atari had a shit ton of them too but lots of garbage as a comparison dreamcast had 636 games which is so weird that that's such a small that, that it's considered such a small number because that's up there with with nintendo and super nintendo numbers yeah they had yeah they each had around 700 games but yeah, PS1 came out with like 1,200 freaking games, and then the PS2 came stomping in with over 3,800 games. Oh, shit. Yeah. Holy shit. That's a lot of fucking games. Yeah. And they sold 155 million consoles. Yeah, and you know, like you were talking about with ages, where you know the video game industry was growing up, Like I think we mentioned it before, how we were sort of growing up at the same rate as video games. Yeah. It seemed like all of a sudden... You know, the the adults that grew up with video games, like it was the first generation of adults that had video games in their lives since they were children. And so all of a sudden, you know, we're mature. Video games are maturing. They're getting more complex. They're getting more adult with your Grand Theft Autos and whatnot. And then all of a sudden we've got even young adult money to start throwing at video games. So all of a sudden it's, you know, the industry, of course, is going to explode. Oh, man. And, and explode it did. <laughs> All over your face, neck, and chest. Yeah, the PS2 came out and yeah, it just it had a DVD player in it, which at this point in time, DVD players were fairly new. Yeah, I was still watching VHSs. The PS2 that I bought was the first DVD player I ever owned. Yeah. 
Like I didn't have a DVD player before this because, you know, you go out, you get PS2, it's got one in it. Why bother getting another one? Yeah. And it was kind of the first foray into a video game console being more than just a video game console. Mm-hmm. They've definitely become more of like a media center where you can put music on it and you can do this and you can do that. You know, you can music and stream videos and watch watch movies and go on the internet and do all kinds of stuff on them. Whereas the PS2 is kind of the first little toe in the water of that. I recently got mine out and it definitely felt more like a video game console than I remembered it. Oh, yeah? Because it well, the PS2 doesn't have like a, like you don't boot it up to like a menu where you go around and select things. It's like, you know, put a game in, dingus. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you want to play a game, close the disc in there and it will start. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you get to a thing where it has like system configuration and browser where you can look at like what's on your save, what's on your, your memory cards and your disc. And I have the hard drive on mine because I used to play a shit ton of Final oh, Fantasy geez. XI. And you had to have the hard drive and the network adapter for that. I sat there while you did that quite a lot. Oh, man. Yeah. I, but th- I mean, those were boy. back in the days when, when that's what we did. Like we sat around and smoked pot and played video games. Like th- this, these were the days when you had that giant ancient projector in your parents' garage. Oh yeah. Playing like NHL 2002. Oh shit. Yeah. GTA three on it. What I loved was playing, playing GTA three life size. Like I could run up to the wall and the character was as big as me because we had it stretching across your entire garage. So it took up the whole, what is it, eight foot no, it wall, like, it ten like foot 12 wall? 12 feet wide. Oh, no, I and mean. It was eight feet tall. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he was at least like five foot six. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, it was super cool. <laughs> Spending many, many hours huddling in a completely dark garage, except for the light of a giant three color projector. Yeah. Humming in the background. Well, and, and oh, yeah, and that thing got warm. Oh, boy, did it. Um, one game that was uh that was a big part of our lives back then that we like you said you broke out your ps2 and we just got to play it was red faction 2 oh shit that game it's so brilliant like i remember loving it and thinking about how great it was and how saucy i always was that for some reason halo was more popular than it was yeah because it is miles above it's just so much better of a game yeah in every way Except for maybe graphically. Halo definitely kind of <laughs> looks cool. Like it's, it's Red Faction 2's kind of got that Quake syndrome where everything's kind of muddled. Yeah, everything's kind of dirty kinda, looking. Yes. And, um, very desaturated, whereas Halo had a lot of you know, like bright colors and action. And, yeah, it was and, vibrant and smooth yeah, surfaces. Yeah, it was a lot prettier. But gameplay wise, fucking I, Red Faction 2 was the shit. Yeah, it ran faster. The, the, the deathmatch mode just fucking kills. It was so good. Oh, yeah, it had, it had you know, a great selection of weapons. The level design for all of the multiplayer deathmatch stuff was solid. There were great levels. It had destructible environments, like you could blow holes in walls and yeah. shit. And uh, it had, like, the like shock grenades that you could throw that would cause the person who got hit by them's controls to reverse. So all of their controls would be inverted, uh, which made it, you know, like when you got hit with it, you're like, oh, fuck, no, <laughs> trying to aim at somebody when everything's backwards and so it actually gave you like a good advantage over them that uh, you could technically fight through you know it wasn't like slowing you down or you know getting rid of your shield or something it was like a it was an impediment more than a you know uh, it wasn't a disabling it was a differently abling yeah yeah exactly and uh had the freaking nicw a machine gun with a <laughs> grenade launcher on it it's just uh Boom. excellent yeah 
So I implore you, dear listeners, if you're still if you still have a uh, PlayStation Two or an Xbox, you were saying, or was it on Xbox Three Sixty? Yeah, it actually no, it did come out on Xbox, the first Xbox oh, okay. as well. Apparently, I never played it on that, but when I was going back and looking at the list of uh, original Xbox games that are backwards compatible on the Xbox One, Red Faction Two is one of them. So if you got an Xbox One, you can go pick up a, a, the original Xbox version of Red Faction Two and play it on your modern Xbox. It is so good. Which is something you can't do with Halo. So apparently Microsoft thinks that Red Faction 2 was better also. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> I, they're probably selling new copies of Halo. That's probably why it's not backwards compatible. Yeah, and, and they, they, they put out that Master Chief collection that I've actually really wanted to buy. I, w- I wouldn't mind going through the first two Halos again. But yeah, I mean, we, we touched on it earlier. We've got the GTAs. Like, we can't talk about PS2 without talking about GTA. Oh, that that was the reason I bought a PS2. Oh, yeah? For GTA 3? Yeah, I went over to a friend's house. And, like, I was thinking about buying one. I was like, yeah, they should be kind of cool. And uh, he had one, and he had GTA 3. And I spent, like, two hours playing it. I was like, all right, I need this in my life. Yeah. This is a thing that I need to have. Yeah, I remember seeing it at parties when I was uh, yeah. when I was a young man and just being like, what the fuck is this? Like, this, it wasn't a platformer. And I was like, what, what are you doing? Just running around and... Then I could see you could steal cars and you could punch people. I because I I had only very briefly seen like the one of the first top down GTAs on on PC. Yeah, and I think it took me a bit longer to get into the game than it did other people. Like I just didn't get it. Didn't look interesting to me. It blew my mind because it was the first like open world. Just go do what you want. What you want to steal a cop car and uh, get in a shootout? Go for it. You know you want to you want to drive a taxi around and pick up fares. Have at it. You want to pick up a hooker and then mug her afterwards and get your money back? That's on you, bud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first game where you can take part in a nasty behavior like prostitution and then immediately punish the prostitute for it. Oh, well, you shouldn't have done that. You you deserve this. You picked the wrong job, lady. <laughs> I know. And that, that's literal for me. I, and I was still doing that with, with GTA 5. The only thing that changes is they get more graphic in their uh, their depictions of the the prostitute side of it. It's not just a rocking car anymore. Yeah. Well, and, and I'd forgotten, like, because uh, it was coming out after the, you know, it was the first full 3D one after the original GTAs. And I'd totally forgot that uh, one of the driving mode views was top down. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And and it was, uh, I was like, oh, shit, this is, like the, this is like the OG GTAs. This is fucking awesome i'd totally forgotten that was a thing is the newer ones i don't think even have that as an option yeah they must have gotten rid of it by after three it's kind of awkward and going back and playing some of the ps2 games also reminds me that it was the uh the era of uh still using x to accelerate oh interesting they hadn't quite like i played spy hunter i played that i played uh another racing game i can't remember what it was but they hadn't quite figured out that using the triggers for accelerate and brake was a much better idea. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it is. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, because I I have gone through or gone back a couple times over the years and played both GTA 3 and Vice City, which Vice City may still be my favorite. I don't know. I mean, GTA 5 is so expansive, it's hard to not put that at the top. But, like, I got so much joy out of Vice City. You were able to ride motorcycles and uh, just the soundtrack, the '80s setting, the the pseudo Scarface shit. You know, all the missions for the uh, for the porn studio. You could buy properties, like that one. Fucking did it for me. Of uh, Ray Liotta's voiceover, and like the story was great. You yeah, know? yeah, you got a voice finally because the yes. guy, you know, the protagonist in GTA Three never talks. Yeah, Vice City was far and away 
you know, one of one of the biggest games of my life. Yeah, well, and I think San Andreas was the top selling game for the PS2. Oh, damn! Um, of all time. Yeah, that one you could start playing. You can start. You can get a jet pack and you can fly around in a in a. Was it a, no? It wasn't a Harrier jet. But wait, was it a Harrier jet? I think it might have been. Yeah. yeah. And the jet pack was so lame and disappointing. It was the yep. you know like James Bond super slow <laughs> jet pack. The Sean Connery <laughs> rocket yeah. pack thing. Like I remember being excited that it was a jet pack and it was still kind of cool, but uh, not quite as cool as I was hoping it would be. Yeah, there there still has not been a Rocketeer jetpack in uh in video games as far as I know. If you had to pick a favorite game for PS2, would it be Vice City then out of all of them? Probably. I uh you know, just off the top of my head, yes. Um because I don't have a big list in front of me, but that would only be uh that would only make things more difficult anyway. But yeah, Vice City probably is my favorite. I could go back and play that anytime all day long. Vice City is a very solitary game. Like I mean unless you're you're with your buddies and you're you just take turns on rampages and we had a couple friends that would not go on fast rampages. They just take their sweet time and just drive around. We're like, motherfucker, like it's somebody else's turn. Time to go kill some fools and fucking get some cops on you. Yeah, they get like three stars and then go like hide under a bridge. Oh, like, you little fuck. shit. Get out there and shoot that helicopter down. <laughs> yeah, you've got codes. Use your rockets. Yeah, spawn a rhino. Yeah. But one of my favorite games of all time, because it was all of us playing together, was Gauntlet uh, Dark Legacy. Legends. It was Legends. Okay, so it was it was the first of the two. Yeah, yeah. Just we we spent a lot of good time and had a lot of fun playing those. I was always the Red Dwarf. Red Dwarf needs food badly. Exactly. Like sometimes when I'm going to get a snack, like I'll still go sweet nutrients, <laughs> marked rations. <laughs> that game was the shit. Once we beefed our characters up so much, they they just waltz through anything and fucking wreck shop. I think we burned out like two multi-taps with that fucking game. I would believe that. <laughs> that the, the, the multi-tap earned its money with that fucking game. Yeah, I've got a whole lot of love for that game, but at the same time, it kind of burned me out on that type of game like any other ones. So future installments of Gauntlet, like I've gone through and I've played, but I don't think I've ever beaten one because we put so many hours into that last one that that everything else is just, it's just different and not in a good way. Yeah, one came out for PC that I've got. Um, it was maybe three years ago, three, maybe four years ago. Yeah. And uh, it is a solid fucking update on Gauntlet. It is super good. I feel like we played that at yeah, some point. You came did. over it, to my place when I was living in Folsom, maybe, when maybe, you were in yeah. town. Yeah, but it is, uh, it's, it is a good successor. I enjoy it thoroughly. All right. Yeah, I, I think I was, I was kind of thinking about going through my list on what I thought my favorite one is and i think oh the, shit what you got a list you're well, gonna the, pick a favorite yeah i think i am gonna pick a favorite on this one do yeah. it because it's the game that i think uh i could go back and play that i have gone back and played a bunch of different times and it still gives me the good feels every time i play it and that's uh shadow of the colossus oh i okay. fucking love that game i remember the first time i played it you know just sitting down and you know mowing through it as fast you know as for very long durations, let's say, just like because I couldn't <laughs> marathon pull my, sessions. Yeah, I couldn't pull myself away from it because the just everything felt huge. Yeah, the world was huge and empty, and the you know all the freaking colossi were 
absolutely enormous. I'd never experienced scale like that in a game before. You got to like climb up on their back and they're trying to throw you off and you stab them and you kill these like giant majestic, you know, gods essentially. Yeah, that's a game I've always wanted to play and I never did. I watched our buddy Daniel play that for a while just because I was bored and he was doing that regardless of who was sitting behind him. But it, yeah, like it always looked like a very beautiful game, but oh. at the same time, it looked kind of frustrating sometimes, or at least I would watch him get frustrated when he gets, you know, halfway up a Colossus and then gets thrown off. Or, or there was one that was like an underwater one that was giving him a lot of shit. Yeah. At least the first time I played through it, it was uh, back in the day, right before the internet was huge. Like the internet was around and you could do stuff, but like it, you didn't have it at your fingertips all the time. Yeah, certainly not on phones. Yeah, you'd have to like go over to your computer and log in and, you know, use web crawler to search your way through the internet to find uh, a message board with with information. Yeah, I mean, they had they, it was out there, but it was a lot more work than like saying, fuck this. I'm going to look at my phone. How do I beat the, you know, this bull monster? Yeah. Like, hey, okay. Siri, oh, how do I beat the second Colossus? Yeah, that's how I do it. So like sometimes <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. I beat the second Colossus. Okay, top top website, Shadow of the Colossus Guide, How to Beat the Second Colossus. <laughs> See, it's so easy. You do it by accident <laughs> what the now. Fuck? <laughs> yeah, let's hold on real quick. Hey, Google, play Endless Love. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, it was, it, was like, it was back in the day where if you couldn't figure out, it was frustrating. You'd be like, okay, how the hell do I get up to its head? I can see the little glowing symbol, but I don't know how to get there. And then you'd figure it out eventually. You'd be like, oh, okay, got it. That wasn't so hard. See, I have a feeling I might not do very good at that game. It was cool because it was like an action puzzle. Yeah. You know, like the, the Colossus is essentially a puzzle. You have to figure out how to get up to it, how to get there, stab it while platforming, essentially. It was like a platform, like a puzzle platformer. And it was just, really cool and it had like a silent moving story like you just kind of infer what's going on essentially and then in the end the ending is like really bizarre and moving well don't spoil it for me because i think i think i think i might i think i might want to play it now i have it for ps3 where they updated the graphics so it looks even better yeah i was gonna say i thought they did a, a remaster of it they did it's yeah you could probably get it on xbox one too but uh, i do have it for ps3 Oh, sweet irony. I finally canceled my my gold membership after hardly using it for like a year and a half. Eh. Uh, But yeah, that would be my pick. That game just, uh, it did things to me. I liked it. As the listeners know, you're not one that likes to pick favorites. You don't like to fill that spot. I mean, we, we tease you about being a robot. Like you're not you're not one that talks about being moved by something very often. You know, like even even your children, you didn't give a shit about when they were born. (laughs) yeah they've grown on me over the last decade so dreamcast did have like a built-in modem and the ps2 did not but dreamcast didn't do a whole lot with it they kind of just did uh made it allowed for like LAN parties and shit Mm -hmm. they didn't really have much in the way of online games ps2 did a little bit better in that they did it without where you didn't have to buy a subscription at all like you didn't have to buy playstation plus in order to play head-to-head online games yeah and I remember when Xbox came out, I was like, oh, wait, you want me to pay for that now? I've been getting that for free. 
But the reason that Sony could do that for free is that they forced all of the third-party publishers to run and manage their own servers. So Sony didn't actually run any of the online servers. Oh, interesting. And so that you know, occasionally they, when a game when they stopped selling the game and no one was paying that server to you know the company anymore to stay up, they would just drop support. I, I'd be really surprised if THQ was still supporting Red Faction Two online play. Let's see. So it had the upside of not having to pay for it because free is great. But then it had the downside of spotty server quality. You know, yeah, in, in yeah. some in some games the servers would just be not good. If the and if there's four of you playing, sorry, you four, you're not going to be playing very very much longer. Yeah, yeah, and I like I remember. Um, I think it was uh, SOCOM about that one where you had like the headset and you could talk to the you like give commands to your guys. Yeah, it had an online mode, but I I remember playing it like three or four times and it was just so buggy and laggy that I never played it again. But uh, like Final Fa- like I said, Final Fantasy XI, I put 38 days worth of gameplay into that game. Gross. And it was like, but, but you had to pay for it to keep the servers up. It was like $15 a month. And they just, they finally shut the servers down last year. Oh, was that? Yeah, that was the uh, the first open world online interactive one, right? That you played at Casabella a lot? It was the first big one for consoles. I mean, Fantasy Star was around yeah that was the first like third person final fantasy online game yes yes yeah i played it like it was a part-time job i mean i put like four hours in a day yeah i remember like i think it was thursdays i had it set up in my parents pool house when we weren't living there because i had gotten it uh on xbox 360 eventually and so i had one at home and i set my ps2 up in their pool house and then like every thursday i would stop by A&W, get two double bacon cheeseburger meals, go there and play for like seven hours where I couldn't be disturbed and I didn't have anybody bothering me. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'd do like an eight-hour marathon session, eat two fast food meals, and it was fucking great. <laughs> oh, gross. <laughs> I mean, that sounds amazing. That's what we did back then. And yeah. we d- we didn't get fat doing that when we were uh, in our early 20s. Oh, yeah. I couldn't pull that off now. No way, man. Yeah, for, for a number of reasons. <laughs> but the PS2 was also nice because of the online stuff. It supported a uh, keyboard and mouse. I think it was the first one that had a USB where you could just plug a keyboard and mouse into it. And oh, cool. Type instead of having to try and enter stuff with your freaking controller. And I saw, I saw a peripheral for the GameCube that someone made that it was a keyboard in the middle of a GameCube controller. Oh, shit. Because it didn't have like an external keyboard input for Fantasy Star. And uh, it looked like the most impractical thing I'd seen in a long time. Well, later on, you know, they they made those for like the uh, the PlayStation Four and like the or the modern gaming systems, like little little QWERTY keyboards that will go into the bottom of it. Or maybe it was the uh, maybe it was the Xbox. One. This was literally a full size keyboard. Oh shit! Like a full size <laughs> like hundred and one key keyboard with a controller, half controller on either side. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just on the side of the keyboard. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty great. Apparently with Red Faction 2, you can play with keyboard and mouse. I don't think I ever did it, but uh, it might improve the experience even more. Yeah. You know, but I, I never played uh, PC shooters by the time keyboards and mice came into it. So like, you know, Doom, you didn't, you didn't worry about moving up and down. You just moved forward and back and around and you strafed by, by holding down a button. 
But um, by the time like Quake and all that started coming out, where where I remember Zach's little brother trying to teach me how to use a keyboard and mouse to play it, and it just did not compute. Oh, and you didn't click on you. No, it's a little easier to like pick it. up the controller, that's for sure. But I mean, the accuracy you have with a mouse is it's better. Yeah, and I think I think these days I could probably do it a lot better than I would have back then. Like having had all this experience with with joysticks and or I mean, you know, the the analog sticks on a video game so like the the idea of moving something to aim and moving something to move your character is a lot more familiar back then i was just like what the fuck is this like it doesn't automatically aim at what i'm shooting at i, I have to look up manually are you yeah. fucking kidding me but uh yeah no it's uh god there's still so many games <laughs> okay why don't you why don't you run down your list real quick i'll just sh- i'll shout out some honorable mentions exactly uh, um tony hawk underground oh shit of course oh man played some of that recently uh i forgot you could upload your face to it like you could take a picture oh and upload that's right your, or i don't know if you had to have the eye toy or if you could up actually like just like plug in a usb stick with a picture i think you had to have the toy yeah but you could get your face and have it poorly rendered into the game like every like all the stars i don't think i ever did that uh, but yeah that game i all the tony hawks i look looking through my collection i had two three four and underground Eh, fuck all the ones before Underground. Oh, yeah. Underground changed the game. Well, yeah, it it made the rest obsolete. Like, it could do everything they did better. Yeah. And it had a fun story. My guy was a skeleton with a giant blue kid and or play flat top. I can't remember (laughs) which one of those had the giant flat top. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. And and it had multiplayer, had local and online multiplayer and campaign mode or career mode or whatever they called it. Yeah played a lot at that game there was god of war and like all the god of war games oh yeah which kind of introduced the little quick time events which were really rad when they started uh they've kind of wore on me over the years yeah i remember playing the beginning of the second one where you're going against the uh the colossus of Rhodes. yeah and then he's like jamming his fist into the building you're running through like that exploded my brain it was just the scale at which i mean and i'd never played shadow of the colossus but well and just being able to yeah like do like little things where like you rip somebody's jaw apart yeah run up to harpies and rip their wings off and slam them into the ground and shit like it was just brutal and awesome yeah i was pissed the last time i bought a playstation 2 because for whatever reason it was it wouldn't play games that had like a uh, a printed sticker label thing on the top of it and god of war did i tried to borrow it from you and it wouldn't play on my uh, on my PlayStation. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but that that game definitely revolutionized that running through killing things genre. I don't know what what you call that the three D brawler. Yeah, still very linear too. Yeah, um, and then you know Katamari Damacy, which I played the other day, and it wasn't nearly as fun as I remembered it being. No, it was kind of frustrating actually. Yeah, very frustrating. Like I think it could be a lot better these days. Yeah, I think I might have been better at it then too, so maybe it was less frustrating. But uh... and having your fucking son sit there cackling the whole time <laughs> as I lost, <laughs> it didn't help anything. Well, at least you beat him. Yeah, yeah, I whooped him. But yeah, so uh, I think that wraps up everything I got on the PlayStation. Uh... Good. We we were about to have to make it its own episode. God, yeah, no shit, right? You want to take a break? Yeah, let's do that. Citizens of the world, we are in deep doo-doo. Aliens. There's a lot of them, and they're meanies. As peace-loving humans, we must take up arms. And by arms, I mean guns. United, we will form a giant can opener. And we will open a giant can of whoop-ass. Halo Combat Evolved. 
All right. So after we had our lovely adventure with the PS2, um, what do we have up next? So in uh, pre-Christmas 2001, we got uh, two consoles instead of one. Um, we had uh, Nintendo come out with the GameCube. Uh-huh. Good old-fashioned Nintendo. You know, they're always around. They're like a comfort console. Yes. And uh, we had a new contender, Microsoft, coming out with the Xbox. Oh, shit. At a higher price point, but with considerably more impressive hardware. It was essentially a reskinned PC. Yeah. So uh, they both kind of came around about the same time. They sold about the same number of units you know, so they they were about as successful, which I don't think anyone really expected Microsoft to be. Yeah, it was a it was a big clunky system, and you're like, what the fuck is an Xbox? Apparently, it stood for Direct Xbox because the Direct X team was the one that did the uh, software work on it. Oh, like Direct X, like the the codec and whatnot. Yep. Oh, yeah, shit. yeah. Microsoft owns it, and it uh, the system is built upon it, so that's why it is the Xbox. Nice. Yeah. So that is the. Um dynasty that was rising from the ashes of the dreamcast that we referred to in our intro yep yeah and it had uh an even bigger uglier controller well maybe not less ugly but definitely bigger than the dreamcast yeah fucking giant udder of a fucking controller it was thicker it was girthier than the dreamcast controller because the, the the dreamcast controller looked almost like a flying saucer with little wings on the bottom but it had cool triggers on both sides and in fact that probably was the first video game controller with uh proper triggers oh the dreamcast one yeah, i think yeah. it was yeah it had good solid long pull analog triggers on it they were very nice yeah like if, if you were playing nothing but like 1942 or like a Star Fox type game dreamcast controller would be great but for games like Marvel Capcom 2, uh, no thank you. It wasn't long before they released a streamlined one, was it? Yeah, they released the uh, the S controller, which apparently was the one they released with normally in Japan. It was developed for the Asian market because they were worried their hands would be too small to wrangle that orig- the other behemoth. That's racist, but it makes sense. Yeah, well, it turns out everybody's hands were too small for <laughs> yeah. that fucking controller. That controller was gross. Oh, it was awful. And, and and the weird thing is, it's like even now modern controllers, like when I go to play with my kids, they're just now getting big enough to handle a, like a normal size controller. I don't, they wouldn't have been able to do anything with that monster. Yeah, your your son still plays a controller as if it's like half arcade stick. Yeah, he's a, he's a tiny boy and yeah. uh, he has a tough time getting his fingers around. I have one... Uh, one PS3 controller that was like a miniature one for him. That, oh, cool. Uh, that was really cool. It worked out really well. And uh, it was the debut of Microsoft and their absolutely shitty D-pads. Oh, my God. <laughs> the Xbox One is slightly better, but it's still not a very good D-pad. I remember when I switched over from my PS2 to Xbox 360 on Final Fantasy Eleven, it was incredibly infuriating. Because, like, to go through your macros and stuff, like, you've got all your different attacks prepared. They all have different timers. And so you had to press the triggers to switch from, like, what menu you were looking at. And then quickly use the D-pad to go over to the right attack to do it. And it was, like, 60% accurate. Like, 60% of the time it would pick up what you're trying to do if you're doing it quickly. And uh, it was maddening. I haven't played on one of those Xbox One Elite, like, $130 controllers. So, I don't know, maybe they fixed it there. Yeah, I, I I, couldn't even tell you. It just looks like a skin to me. But I Supposedly, an enhanced D-pad is one of the things. So, I guess they're going to charge you, you know, an extra $80 for a D-pad that actually fucking works. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, here, if, if you want something that isn't a piece of shit, pay us more. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of reason for them to really do much with it, because not a lot of games these days really use the D-pad intensely. Yeah. You know, it's like usually like maybe, what, switch weapons, look at your map, change grenades, the kind of thing where one press is fine and you don't need to do it that often. So it gets neglected. So Xbox comes out. Do you know if it had any, um, like, exclusives on release? Oh, it had Halo. W- was that on release? Yeah, Halo yeah, was a release that would make title. Sense. Yep. Oh shit. Okay. So yeah, let's jump right into it then. Because I was like, let's see if we can uh, we can fill some time before we get right down to brass tacks, which is the big H, as nobody calls yeah, it. That was their flagship title, man. Yeah. So uh, with all of our shit talk and our love for Red Faction Two, Halo's still a great fucking game. Oh, it's turbo fun. You yeah. you had multiplayer, you know, uh, co op campaign. Like, that's fucking great. Did you have that in the first one, or was it only Halo? I thought it was Halo 2 where that first debuted. No, I think it was in the original one, too. Yeah, because that big driving level at the end sounds familiar yeah, doing it with someone. Yeah, one guy Maybe. on the turret and the other guy driving. Yeah, that does sound right. I played through one of them with my son not, you know, a few years ago, and I thought it was the first Halo, but it might have been the second one. I'm not sure. They're, they are nigh indistinguishable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Halo 2 is definitely more Halo. Yeah, Halo 2, the, the big distinguishing difference for me was the local multiplayer deathmatch modes. Like the levels and the weapons and the, the different modifications you could put on there. Like I was down at college when I first really got into that. You remember my neighbors that were, uh, that were upstairs and, and yeah. won over the little Mexicali kids? They got me into Halo. I'd take a bottle of whiskey up there because they weren't old enough to drink, and I was, and they had the video games. Fast friends. And the weed, yeah. <laughs> so that that's where I super got into that. But they were all so much better than me, which has always been the case in Halo. Like, I'm, I've just, I've never gotten to a point where I am really good at it, but I still really enjoy it. And I've been, I've, I've played every Halo since, and, you know, the, the story is still the same. But, yeah. The, the story is literally very similar. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, the, the game and the story of my life with it. Yeah. And uh, one thing I do remember about Halo was the uh, the soundtrack was pretty freaking good. Mm-hmm. Like the music would like ramp up real nice when things got serious. And uh, it was a very well produced game. Yeah. And it was epic as shit. Like, like it was like playing a Michael Bay movie or something. You know, it was it was playing a great epic action movie. Yeah, yeah, it did have some really good set piece battles. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I realized, like as I was running through one of the first few levels, that you could like literally see off to their eyes in the halo going up and around and oh, over cool. you. That thing in the sky, like, oh, that's that's the other part of the halo. I'm going that way. That's fucking weird. So, um, what what were they? There there was there was the flood, and then what was the other alien faction? Uh, it's the one that like the Arbiter came from. I don't remember what they were called though. I mean, they had like the brutes and like the little, uh, triangle dudes. Yeah. Uh, well, which was it the flood then that had the, uh, the thing that would explode with all the yes. little bitty guys. Okay. Yes, it was. I remember that more than anything. Like the first time I ever saw that we were at our buddy Daniel's place and he was playing that game and just seeing all those little shits run out and just the panic that ensued. Was like what the fuck is going on like you've never seen anything like that just being swarmed by by oh wait i was about to say a horde of these things and that's totally what it, what the other one is the horde maybe sounds like it oh it's definitely the bad guy in like starcraft and Warcraft. oh shit 
Well, I never played StarCraft, so I don't know where I would have come up with that. Yeah, I don't know. But um, yeah, that that was that was a new level. And then they also had like those guys that you had to shoot in the back. And then they had those like the oh yeah, and like you were talking about the brutes, where you had to like get a sticky grenade up in their shoulder blades or some shit if you wanted to kill them quickly. Yeah, that end of that game got with the flood got just ridiculous. Yeah, where you were just absolutely overrun by deformed little assholes. It got overwhelming. Like I got kind of frustrated. The first half of the game is so bright and colorful and interesting to look at. And then it descends into floodland where everything is brown all of a sudden and all the corridors look the same. Yeah. And there's lots of like red flashing lights and shit. And a shotgun is king. Yeah. As much as I love the sword in, uh, in deathmatch mode, it does not do you a whole lot of good no, in campaign. Completely worthless. Um, I do have to humble myself. I went ahead and looked it up. It is not the horde. It's the covenant. The covenant. Yes, yeah, it is totally. totally the Covenant. That yeah. is correct. Boo. The Xbox did a few new things that are now semi-ubiquitous. Uh, it was the first console to ship with a proper hard drive. Oh, okay. Which yeah. nobody doesn't do anymore. Like, everything comes with a fucking hard drive. It had four controller ports, which, like I said, was not uncommon. It was becoming the new standard number of ports you better have on a thing. Yep. Um, it did have built-in Ethernet with dedicated servers run by Microsoft, but you had to pay for Xbox Live to use them. Oh, that was there even from the original? Yeah, Xbox Live came out, I think, in 2002. It was about oh, a year after the Xbox came out because uh, it was like the plan for it. And it just had bitchin' hardware. Like it was miles above everything else because it was built like a, you know, it basically was a PC. It ran on Windows. Um, they introduced those breakaway cables so that when someone tripped over your oh, yeah. controller cable, it didn't yank the console off the, the shelf, which was an awesome idea. But thankfully, we got rid of those fucking cables pretty quick thereafter. Well, and that's interesting because when I think back to the Xbox, again, my my experience with it is fairly minimal. It never registered to me that that the hardware was that much better than anything else. Like if I played GTA on Xbox, it looked the same as PlayStation. So I, so I never had a big comparison. That is correct, especially all the early games because they were building them for both the Xbox and the PS2, and most developers didn't bother making them any better. Yeah, but if you look at stuff like Halo, the graphics in Halo are pretty fucking good for you know for a launch title, especially. Yeah, yeah. Like, they take pretty good advantage of the hardware, and by the end of the Xbox's run, um, especially all the stuff that Microsoft put out first party, looks really fucking good. It's definitely the, the best-looking video in this generation. Like we mentioned with the Sega Dreamcast, its Achilles heel was that it also didn't come with a DVD player. Oh, shit. Like, it had a DVD drive to play games on DVD, but you had to buy a special accessory to allow you to play dvds on it and all it was was an rf receiver for remote <laughs> like it literally had the ability to play dvd movies out of the box but you couldn't use the controller to control it that's right they wanted you to buy a little like 30 or 40 dollar accessory so you could play dvds for some fucking yeah reason. that little remote control with some gray and green buttons and they totally didn't need to do that what they wanted was more money from you because they literally lost money on every console they sold. Over the run of producing the hardware, they lost $4 billion on the sale of the Xbox. Holy shit. Yeah, they made some money back on games, 
But yeah, they lost $4 billion getting into this industry. But it seems to have worked out well for them, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thankfully, they could afford to do that. Fuck yeah. They still have 41 games from the original Xbox that work on the Xbox One, which is a, you know, a testament to having some good games. I didn't even think that they had hardly that many that, from 360 that still worked. I remember looking at a list one time just to try to figure out what I could buy cheap. Well, that's as of now. They're adding to it all the time. I think they're trying to add three or four titles, you know, a month to that compatibility list. They should. Because uh, it helps. I mean, the Xbox had just over a thousand games on it. So nothing compared to the 3,800 that Sony pumped out. Well, yeah. I mean, the Xbox, like, I'm kind of surprised it came as early as it did because it seemed like, like it came later, at least in my life. Maybe I just didn't know anybody early on that had one. Well, it's probably because, yeah, they were new. People weren't necessarily interested in taking a leap. Uh, it got roundly panned for having such an awful controller. Yeah. Apparently, I think it was in uh, 2008, it was in the Guinness Book of World Records for having the largest console controller. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, just, it was that big and dumb. And uh, PlayStation was there. I mean, it was the undisputed king of console games. Yeah. And it came out at the same time as a new Nintendo, which was the classic chicken soup of console games. So it, the fact that it was able to carve out the amount of market that it did in that environment is pretty impressive. Let's uh, let's hit some gems before we move on from uh, from Xbox, because I'm sure it wasn't just Halo, even though that was mostly my experience. No, they had a few good like uh, exclusive games. Most of the stuff I remember really fondly was also on the PlayStation because there was, you know, third party support was getting huge at this point where most games that came out came for one or the other. And that's still true now. Like there's the, the number of exclusives is pretty small these days. Yeah. So it, it, it's hardly worth buying both main consoles. Yeah. But it's annoying when you have an Xbox one and something like Spider-Man comes out for the yeah. fucking PS4. Yep. And then, then you got Nintendo who's got shit tons of first party properties always. Yeah. But Xbox had Fable. Did oh, you yeah, play yeah. Fable? Fable was great. They played hard on the, you know, ooh, your your choices have consequences, and they did to a degree, and it would change kind of how the world looked and how you were, but it was just a solid, fun RPG. It had, like, a good sense of humor. I played the second one for a bit and beefed up my character a little bit, but same, same as most uh, RPGs, I did not beat it, and I did not spend the, uh, the requisite time to get anywhere in it, really. Yeah, so so that one I really enjoyed. Um, I think Ninja Gaiden Black was exclusive, at least for a while. I don't know if that came out for PS2 or not. Um, yeah, I can't remember what, what it was. that There was Ninja Gaiden for Xbox initially. Yeah. And then I think the second one came out for both systems. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Um, Might not be right, but it sounds right. That's good enough for me. Yeah, there, there, there was some weirdness about about the release of them. Like, I, I, I remember we we couldn't get one of them because we were playing on PlayStation Two. Yeah, and I played I, the fuck out of that second one. Oh yeah, those Ninja Gaiden games were fucking bad. They were super cool. They made you feel like a badass ninja. Yeah, going around murdering the shit out of anyone who stood in your way. Yeah. Uh, and then the other ones that I got, I mean, some of them I played on other consoles as well, like the Knights of the Old Republic, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Did you ever play that? Nope. Yeah, you're not big on RPGs. Nope. Uh, it's fucking awesome. It's one of Bioware's gems. Uh, it is uh, just a solid game. It kind of introduced that little dialogue tree that Bioware used for years thereafter. You would choose like the feeling of what you wanted to respond, and then they'd, instead of the actual text. Okay, okay. It was just a good solid star wars game 
And then the Prince of Persia games came out on Xbox. I think I played a couple of them on GameCube though too, but the, the, was it the Sands of Time? Yeah, like that, that's interesting because I, I remember that or I would think of those as GameCube games because that's, that's uh, where I played those. Yeah, I think I played Sands of Time on GameCube and the, what was the next one? The Warrior Within? Maybe. Played, played that on Xbox, I think. But uh, Sands of Time being able to like ju- at you screw up and you get to like reverse time to go back. Yeah. Was freaking awesome. Back when Ubisoft wasn't the giant pile of shit that it is now. Oh, no. Hot take. <laughs> no, I don't think that one's that hot. No. They're not EA. That's the best thing they got going for them. Um, and then the only other one I want to touch on is Unreal Championship 2, because it was super fun. And it started uh, a, a trend that we are all f- very familiar with today. It was the first console game to receive a downloadable patch. Oh, shit. And it was a patch to fix a bunch of bugs. I went back and uh, looked at an article about it from 2003, I think it was, when it happened. And it had all the comments at the bottom. And people are just as vociferous about what it meant then as uh, they are today. And they were mostly right. Like, everyone was like, oh, this, you know, console games should never have patches. They should come out with a full and complete game. A lot of people were like, I don't even want updates. I don't want, you know, I don't want more content. I want my game to be done and have it be a full experience and then i'll buy another one later if you want to make something better oh that's weird they did not get their way no they did not well and and they were all saying like the problem is you know if this is just you know the first step down a road where publishers are going to start putting out half finished garbage that's going to require a ton of patches to fix instead of actually finishing and polishing a game for delivery because you can't fucking fix it yeah and that is absolutely what goes on now i mean you got you look at the stuff with steam where they got the early access thing where games just full of bugs go out deliberately saying hey this game's not ready yet but we want you to pay for it anyway okay so that's separate from beta testing yeah yeah yeah, separate from beta testing because you pay for it oh bummer uh, well stuff like bethesda bethesda is just notorious for putting out games that i love but that are just chock full of fucking bugs and it's frequent now that you hear about day one patches where they you got to download a fucking four gigabyte patch and install it before you even play the game you know that uh, that's put out on release day because oh they, yeah i remember that with gta yeah because they they put games out that just they're not done because they're eager to get them out the door and get people buying them because there's a lot of hype around them and uh and then you had all you know the other side saying no this is fucking great they could fix things that are broken they could add new features they could make it better it also led to dlc yeah and, uh, you know, people shipping out something that may or may not be a full game where <laughs> they want you to pay another $14 to get the rest of the game. So it's a, it's a double-edged sword that Microsoft hath wrought upon us. Motherfuckers. So, um, thanks Microsoft. Good old <laughs> Billy Gates. Yeah. Yeah. He knows how to make a buck or two and knows how to push updates. I, I imagine that's a, that's a computer geek thing. Yeah. Windows, oh, okay. Windows update is one of the banes of my existence. Oh, and I haven't, I haven't used a Windows machine as my everyday thing in, in a few years now, and I do not miss it. Oh, no. I, I run Linux most of the time, but oh, yeah. uh, for gaming and stuff, you still need Windows, unfortunately. Valve hasn't quite figured out how I can completely ditch Windows yet. Barf. They're getting close, but they haven't done it yet. So I guess then on to the, the GameCube, Nintendo's entry in this era of gaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had one. Uh, you had one, at least one. Yeah, I definitely had one at some point in time. Yeah, they were, uh, it was a solid little console. It was tiny, had a handle on it. It's <laughs> so like you could carry it at like a briefcase over to your friend's house. 
came out at a at a nice cool hundred and ninety nine dollars. It was you know a good hundred dollars cheaper than the big boys. Yeah, they uh, they learned from their Nintendo sixty four snafu, and it had a fairly normal controller. Yeah, it was still a little weird, it but was. it was definitely more normal. Yes, it's it fit into your hands like a normal controller. It still yeah. had a wonky little nubby joystick and those weird X and Y buttons. I think up on up on the side, the little pill buttons, or yeah. they look like little beans. Yeah, and then it had the the one bumper button, the Z button. Oh, did it only have one bumper? Yeah, just on the right oh, side. Oh shit! And then, but the triggers were cool though, because I remember you could pull them back, and they were like analog, and then they'd click at the end. Oh shit! They had different functions. So I remember, um, maybe it was Perfect Dark. Yeah, that was a that was a release game. I remember you having that. Yeah, on. I think that one. It was cool because the zoom button was the analog portion, and then when you pulled it all the way down, it fired. Oh, I do remember that, and that was annoying to me. I didn't like that. I'm too heavy handed. <laughs> Not, you don't do a lot of aiming, huh? No, yeah. I just I do, <laughs> if if I'm gonna pull the trigger, I'm gonna jam on it. Ah. Well, yeah, but so instead of like holding the other one down to pull up your sights, you just pull it down partway and then squeeze it the rest of the way to fire. I, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. But apparently I might be in the minority because nobody does that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember being interested in that game because the, the first one that came out, I mean, it was like the, the first release since GoldenEye. Because who was it? Was Not Activision, but or was it Activision? Rare, maybe? And so it was like, okay, let's see where they've gone from there. But I, I didn't I didn't care much for the game. Oh, really? I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was pretty fun. I liked, uh, as far as shooters go, I really liked Time Splitters, at least the the GameCube entry. Like, it ran a lot more smoothly than the PlayStation one, from what I remember. And it had a really good sense of humor. Like, you could play as a little monkey. Yeah, or like a skeleton man, I feel like I remember. Or there's like an adventurer guy in a leather jacket. It was just more jovial, I guess. Yeah. Than your standard shooter. But it still had a very dark sense of humor also. Yeah. I have Time Splitters 2 in there, I should go back and play that before i put everything back away my wife's already bugging me about the pile of video games and shit sitting in the living room <laughs> but yeah it did come with that weird little mini dvd again couldn't play regular dvds on it and it came with that small dvd that kind of negated the benefit of a dvd yeah um i, I guess they did that to try and fight piracy oh to make it okay. harder for people to you know burn something to a dvd yeah you couldn't just put it in your computer and and find a way to copy it i mean people figured it out anyway yeah but yeah but since they were small they had smaller capacity i think they only went up to like a gig and a half and so you kind of threw the baby out with the bathwater there sadly due to the switch in format uh there was no backwards compatibility on the gamecube either oh because uh, it didn't have cartridge. Yeah, I remember there was there was like a port in the back, and I don't remember if that was like for expanded memory or something like that. It was for the network adapter. Oh, that's it what it was. It didn't come with a network adapter either. Yeah, I remember seeing that at first and just being like, oh shit, cartridge is. I was like, wait a minute, this doesn't fit. Yeah, yeah. No, it was for a network adapter that uh, they only ever came out with eight games that used it. <laughs> so. Oh, geez. Yeah. It did, however, have an adapter that you could plug into the front that allowed you to play Game Boy games, like Game Boy Advance games. Oh, wild. Oh, that's right. You could play that like Legend of Zelda Four Swords thing if everyone had like their own Game Boy or some shit. Yeah. I, I, I remember doing that once at somebody's house. I didn't own it, but there were enough people there that had that shit. But I, wow, I hardly remember. I remember doing it. I was probably drunk. They also came out with the first first party wireless controller oh shit the wavebird oh why does that sound familiar did it did it release with a Star Fox game or something possibly huh 
I mean, like third-party wireless controllers had been around since like the NES. Yeah, you you had them. Yeah, but uh, the, this was the first time one of the actual manufacturers had pushed one out. I'm glad that trend stuck because uh, that was one thing I noticed freaking playing a bunch of PS2 games this last week is that, uh, man, cords suck. Yeah, cords are the worst. It's always in the freaking way. You're tripping over them. The dog trips over them. <laughs> Dude, I fucking broke out the uh, Nintendo and Super NES uh, classic systems. The Nintendo even has that, like, peepy little, like, two-foot cord. So we were sitting on the floor in front of the fucking TV. Boo. I bought some uh, I bought some extensions for them, and it's great. But, wow, cords are the worst. And uh, this was the generation where Nintendo, they had shit the bed so badly in N64 on a lot of their, uh, you know, their primary properties, I guess. Uh-huh. Like, uh, you know, Metroid and Castlevania and, and some of the other ones trying to make them 3D and not really successfully achieving that. Mega Man. Uh, they had some success with the GameCube. Metroid Prime was freaking cool. And uh, they had uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker. I absolutely hated the art of it, but it is actually a pretty good game. But I, seeing like the weird little round cell shaded cartoon link made me mad. Yeah, yeah, cell shaded and like weird looking painted lines on the eyeballs, and it, I, yeah, I, I I was not a fan at all. I didn't play it for years because I was like, well, fuck that stupid game. It's not Link. Well, yeah, and and I feel like wasn't it even around the same time where where we had gotten glimpses of what would become Twilight Princess? That was, uh, you know, it was originally supposed to be a GameCube Zelda release, and it just took years and years for it to come out. Like after we after we had uh, seen stills and the amazing amount of detail and like stitching on the costumes and shit. Like it's there. I remember this still of Link and Ganon. Or Ganondorf. Yeah, I know. I remember being super stoked for that. I was like, that's fucking Link. That's what Link looks like. He's not some weird little round-headed cartoon boy. Yeah. But I did go back and play Wind Waker eventually. It's a solid Zelda game. It was, it was cool. The, the sailing around the world thing was kind of neat. Yeah, I played the Nintendo DS follow-up to that. Oh, yeah. It yeah. was like a like same style. something wins or something train or I don't know, something. Yeah, there was some sort of train in it. Yeah. That is accurate. Uh, yeah, Ghost Spirit Train or Ghost yeah, Train I, or something. Yeah, I think like I that. may have actually beaten that one. Was there a proper Mario release? Because I know on on launch there wasn't, right? It was Luigi's Mansion that they Luigi, put out. Yeah, with that? They, yeah, Luigi's Mansion was the launch title. They had Super Mario Sunshine. Oh, that's that right came out for GameCube. We used to call that Super Mario Sunshine Butthole. Yes, and I, I'm not sure why. I don't know either. Maybe it was just because we we didn't want to play it because he had this weird fucking water backpack. Like that's not fucking Mario. Yeah, I think I, I I did eventually go back and play it, and it was fun. So I did. Oh fuck you! Did you ever play Luigi's Mansion? Yeah, Luigi's Mansion was rad. You're going ghost hunting with a flashlight or something? Yeah, well, yeah, and you've got like a little um, oh, like a, like a vacuum thing, kinda, backpack. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like a vacuum thing that you'd you'd get him in the flashlight and stun him, and then you'd suck him in with the backpack, and you have it to is fight him. Similar but legally different from a proton pack. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but no, I loved Luigi's Mansion. I thought it was a really fun game. I never played it. Really? Speaking of Luigi, uh, his, another game he appeared in that I played a little bit of was Double Dash. Never heard of it. Yeah, a little, little unknown gem called Mario Kart. Oh, you mean like Mario Kart 64? We talked about that in the last episode. Oh, no, there was another one. Well, like Mario Kart 8 for the, for the Wii U? <laughs> I've not played that one. Um, oh, oh, it's great. But it? unless memory uh, serves me incorrectly, not as great as Double Dash. Holy shit. I love that game so much. I, I've, I've been wanting to pick it up secondhand so I can just play it on the, uh, on the Wii. 
because I haven't played it in years. We spent so many hours playing that game and destroying each other. Me and you and Sean and Kyle. Yeah, that was the jam. And like, I remember me and Sean used to sit around your place jamming on that for so long that we became sort of the, the top dogs and Kyle got pissed. I mean, I think Sean was a little bit better than I am or than I was. And so Kyle, I remember he spent like an entire week just doing nothing but playing that at least a week. It could have been longer than that. But training. He was like, he trained hard (laughs) to where he was the undisputed champion. And what, what was ironic is once Kyle became the, the undisputed champ, all of a sudden it just wasn't fun to play him anymore. And all he ever wanted to do was play Mario Kart so he could beat us and rub it in our faces. But we're just sort of like, nah, Nah, don't play. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) cool. Yeah. yeah, Mario Kart's fun when when there's a, uh, when there's a competition or when you're winning. We're such assholes (laughs) and you know, fuck them. But yeah, just the, the mechanic of having two different drivers and they each have their own individual stats. They have their own specials. Donkey Kong had, had the, the giant banana, and um see was there somebody with a giant shell i believe so like was it was it a bowser thing like a giant spike shell maybe yeah boy it has been a long time yeah it has been a while don't you have it i certainly did once when i was looking through my games i didn't see it oh fudge which was disturbing but uh i it may be somewhere in another box (laughs) disturbing because i still have uh i don't have a gamecube anymore but i got a wii and the wii is backwards compatible it sure is i've i've got a couple um gamecube controllers for my wii just just to be able to do that yeah, it was nice of them to leave ports on the back of it yeah not make you buy a new controller that was a cool thing to do go nintendo <laughs> um let's see what else did we have on that there was a superman game i think it was called shadow of apocalypse it was a, another video game based on the Superman cartoon. It's a good place to start. I imagine it was awful. Not that bad. Well, here's here's the thing. <laughs> they they actually have the uh, the good fortune of making the worst video game to ever exist in Superman sixty four on on their last system. So this one, by comparison, I mean it's just it's infinitely <laughs> it's, better. It's bound to be an improvement. Yeah, I, I bought it a year or two ago. Finally, I remember playing it when it was brand new at like uh, Comic Con uh, years and years ago at at a little demo station. But yeah, I, I bought it and like the flying mechanics there. I mean, back then they they didn't have that sort of thing mastered. It wasn't until Superman Returns where it got really good. But I played a couple missions and it's just it's still kind of clunky and it's it's hard to go back to with something like that. Probably similar similar to going back to GTA Three, yeah, you know, with the with the sort of stuff that we have now. Technology advances, and you know it's harder to make accommodations for the things that it's missing now. Yeah. But I think I think Double Dash would still be pretty good these days. Fuck yeah. Like I don't think it's I don't think it's missing anything that I would be really that upset about. I need to keep my eyes peeled on um the local video game shop here that uh Fair Game. Yeah. Um in Fair Oaks over there and you know get in there on one of their sales and pick that game up cuz I mean I see it online but it's it's hard to pay you know 35 bucks for an old game that i may not get the opportunity to play very often you know but if i saw it somewhere for like 15 bucks it, it makes it a little easier to just grab and then there was a uh, super smash brothers melee fuck yeah which was a solid smash brothers entry as well 
Yeah, they expanded on the first one. We got some more characters. It ran a lot more smoothly. It was exactly what a sequel should be. It had enough familiar stuff for the people who loved the first one. Like, it didn't try to reinvent the wheel. Still had that weird gaming mechanic or or the weird uh, movement that they still have to this day. They haven't really tried to reinvent that wheel ever. Yeah. They just keep tacking more spokes on. Yeah, like it's it's not uh it's not Street Fighter, it never will be and that's how we're going to keep it. I kind of got the hang of that one, but uh still never really understood what I was doing. With stuff like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, I kind of figured out some characters and combos and stuff and had some strategy. Smash Brothers has always just been a fucking button mashing shit show for me. Yeah, I mean, all the characters are so incredibly different, or at least yeah. several of them are. And I, I mean, I'm shocked to this day that Kirby still plays the way he does. Like, you can just suck in air and just bounce and fly all you want, and then you can run down and smash. Like, he he seems like uh like when we were kids, what Chun Li was. You know, the just the character that you don't have to be skilled; you can be cheap. That's why I use. usually use Kirby. You fuck. <laughs> I, I'm definitely a Kirby guy because I understand what he's doing. <laughs> I'm I was whooping my my nephew, and I I think it was when he used Kirby that that he finally started beating me, and it's so frustrating because even though I know what attack is coming, I don't know how to counter it. You know, and like I'm trying to attack him. I'm not trying to just avoid his his shit. So, I mean, I, I guess if I was a, m- a more patient man, I could. But yeah, I, I was playing the new one over at a friend's house and I tried to play as uh, Ridley. Mm, who's that? The like pterodactyl looking thing from uh, Metroid. Oh, shit. No, I have no idea. And uh, could not for the life of me figure out what the fuck I was doing. Man, you were playing the new one and you weren't playing as a Belmont? Oh, no, I played that too. Okay. I could not figure out how to do anything consistently. Yeah. It was pissing me off. For me, it's always Link. And I think that oh, yeah. I think that's where it started was with Melee for the for the GameCube. Um, what other gems were on there? Because I'm I'm having a hard time, frankly. Similar to how Xbox to me is Halo, GameCube to me is fucking Mario Kart. Or is that it? Were there no other games? Do you know how many games there were? Six hundred and fifty seven. Oh shit. We're getting light. Yeah, yeah. So they were definitely coming in below average at this point. Barely more than the freaking Dreamcast did, and it only lived for twenty months. Yeah, but they're Nintendo. They can they can get away with that, I guess. They, yeah, they they did get better third party support on the GameCube. Like you saw some stuff that appeared elsewhere. Like I think Time Splitters was also on PS2, and they got a few yeah. other ones. But they still pretty much lean heavily on their known properties. They were and still are like the family friendly system. And like if they got a port of like a uh, of a gnarlier game, it would be toned down. The GameCube, I think, was the only one that was really still marketed at kids at all. Like, the Xbox was clearly marketed for adults. Yeah. Yeah, it was sophisticated. And uh, PlayStation was still more like the older demographic, uh, you know, at least like late teenagers, kind of, you know, young men mostly. Well, yeah, they they had the Final Fantasies that hit with that age group. But even like their mascots were were trying to be a little edgy, you know, like yeah. even with with your Crash Bandicoots and shit. Like they were they were even though it was like a like a soda company trying to be young and hip, it, it was still doing that sort of thing. It wasn't trying to be Mario young, but. Yeah, yeah, Nintendo's always been unabashedly innocent. Yeah, they're like the Disney of video games. Yeah, exactly. And that will probably always have a place. I want to go to their theme park, speaking of Disney-Nintendo crossover. Does Nintendo have a theme park? They have a, like, Nintendo Land in Universal Studios. I think it's in Japan, in Tokyo, maybe. That makes sense. Yeah. And they've been talking about uh, doing one out here, like knocking down Simpsons Land in Universal Hollywood. 
and giving us a Mario Land. Ooh. Oh, I I am fucking there. I I give zero shits about Harry Potter oh, and fucking Hogwarts. But if there's a Nintendo Land there, I'm there. I'm more excited about that than fucking Star Wars Land. I think that cash cow is still lactating though. <laughs> so I don't know which don't, one Harry Potter Harry Potter oh yeah, yeah. no they're not going to get rid of Harry Potter but if there's room for Nintendo as well fantastic so John kind of wrapping up the the general uh, feel of this here generation do you have a one word review it's not easy because there is a lot that has happened in this generation um, you had some things dying you had some things being born so I think A word that sort of pops out at me on the thesaurus is burgeoning. We've got an industry that had established itself as a uh, as a viable option for entertainment. It is a a, uh, an unstoppable force. And, you know, even though you had you had your Dreamcast and your Sega dying, there's I mean, they were still making games. But then you also had the new generation with Xbox, which we'll find out in our next episode started a whole huge movement with, uh, you know, going against Sony. So seeing all this stuff, it it was like seeing the seeds of something very huge and world changing being sown. And it it was really interesting to see how these things started to evolve, you know, getting getting more mature, um, Nintendo doing its its own evolution and the PlayStation being the stalwart and Xbox being the, the edgy new kid. On a similar wavelength there, I went with revolutionary. Okay. Because it was like a, you know, almost a literal revolution. It was a changing of the guard. Mm-hmm. You know, Sega, one of the, the big kids on the block, collapsed, fell, and was replaced by some upstart named Microsoft. Fuckers. Nintendo, you know, is playing third banana now. And two newish companies kind of coming in and just wrecking shop and displacing all of the old guard. Well, yeah, because like, like in our last episode, when the when the original PlayStation came out, I remember at the time just being like, who the fuck is this? You know, Sony coming out with their little fucking PlayStation. Yeah, they make TVs and laser discs. Something else. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it was it was Sega and Nintendo. Fuck this fucking Sony. And but then they proved themselves to be a force. Yeah. And Microsoft did the same. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, like you said, it's, it's weird to think about that. Nintendo was the bottom of, of, of the three-rung ladder. I mean, they, they've always managed to stay afloat and carve out their own, their own space. I mean, that's probably better for them that they're not trying to attack head-on. And even to this day, you know, Nintendo is kind of a, a niche console. It's like In-N-Out Burger. When you want an In-N-Out Burger, you go to In-N-Out. Yeah. When you want Nintendo, Nintendo does that thing really well. Yeah. But they are not one of the big two anymore and have not been since this generation. Yeah. You know, and this was the dawn of online gaming, which has exploded. It was the first consoles with hard drives and downloadable content. It was 3D gaming figuring itself out and becoming the mainstay of gaming. You know, most games are 3D, even ones that have like isometric views and stuff are still, a lot of them are still rendered in 3D. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, they're, re- they're not rendered with sprites. They're rendered with polygons. And it changed the market in a way that hadn't been seen since the dawn of console gaming from back from the, the you know, the Atari days when Nintendo came out and kind of reinvented what a home console was. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I think that about wraps everything up. Uh, you want to go play some PS2? Still got it hooked up. Oh, shit. Yeah. Before your wife makes you put it away back to its home in the bin in my garage.
All right. Well, thank you very much, folks, for joining us. If you want to let us know how we did today for good, bad, ugly, email us at email at geeksplorationpodcast.com. You can hit us up on some social medias. We have a Facebook page. It's Geek Exploration The Podcast. We have an Instagram, Geek Exploration Podcast, and our Twitter handle, which is a little more active these days. Thank you, Ben, is Geek Explore Pod. And we are looking for a little interaction on the show. So if you want to email us or post on our Facebook page and uh, let us know what fond memories or favorite games you have from the next generation of consoles for our next video game episode, uh, we'd really super appreciate that. So we're talking Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3. And, yeah, and, and we, we, yeah. So if you if you threw a controller through your TV, <laughs> like which, someone, here. which I might have done, <laughs> that was like a year ago, though. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty recent. But, uh, oh boy, uh, yeah. Let us know about it. Yeah, you can hit us up on Twitter as well, and I'll, I'll sympathize with you. <laughs> so if you enjoyed the show today, if you could go give us a five network adapter review on Apple Podcasts, we'd really appreciate it. And don't forget that we've got uh, swag available. We do have the Geeksplore Station logo t-shirts up now, as well as our just general show logo Woo! at shop.geeksplorationpodcast.com. Our theme song is Cruising for Goblins by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Until next time. Discreed error 